0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kabbalah and Coffee. This is Kabbalah and Extra Strong Coffee, because of our time change, perhaps. Um, But it's good to see everybody here. Um, We have a few new folks today, and I just want to, uh, we'll go around and everyone will say our names quickly so that everyone, at least in a brief moment, gets to know everybody. Start with myself. My name is Ari. Steve. Ed.
1: Runeet. (laughs) Joanne. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs>
0: Greeny. Brad. Dan.
1: Augusta. Doris. Frida. Barbara. BJ Jeff. Anna. Dan. David. Patricia. Adina Malca. Nuda. Heather.
2: Jeff. John.
1: Erica. Oh,
0: I'm getting. Hey, perfect timing. <laughs> By the way, you know this. you know the sense that I got in all this? I felt like the wave. You know, who was that? I'm just, I'm just saying, I kind of felt like the wave going on. It was awesome. It was great. Okay, all right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. So the, so um, Einstein gave us a very great theory. Which one is that? Relativity. So if I'm not mistaken, I was reading some of his works last night. So his, his point was something to the effect of, the difference between a head of hair and a bowl of soup. Right? Right. right. They don't go together. Huh? They don't go together. <laughs> well, that's, this is also. They do the
3: soup.
0: Right. Well, but here's here's the point. If there is one hair on a person's head, we say that they're bald. But if there's one hair and a bowl of soup, you say it's hairy soup. Right? That's kind of like uh-huh. so Okay, okay, that wasn't Einstein actually, but but it's, but it's close. The idea is there. The idea is there. The idea is that... Huh? Everything's relative. So I want to give you another example. Caviar or sardines. Which is more sophisticated?
1: Caviar.
0: Right? We all agree? Yeah, Okay. It well, wasn't so, unanimous. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. There could be some, like, staunch sardinists. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, good. So, sardines or caviar? Sardinistan.
2: Sardinistas.
0: (laughs) Those are the sardines that think they're all that. Those are the sardines. Anyway, good stuff. So, but relative to Einstein, the sophistication of caviar is not sophistication. See what I'm saying? You can call something sophisticated or something higher than relative to something else, but then you get in a different league, and suddenly all the sophistication, all the advancement, doesn't have any... It's, it's not even in the conversation. Right? Sardines or caviar, none of them have the intelligence of a human being, let alone an Einstein, etc. Okay. So this is just a little bit about the, the food industry so that we all, we're all the same. What's the point? The point is like this. When we talk about creation, and when I say creation, I mean existence. Things that exist. So we like to think in terms of hierarchy and relativism. So this is better than this. This is greater than that. This is higher than the other. So you have, you know, I'm, yeah, I always say this, that everyone thinks, everyone believes that they're better, they're better a better person than ninety percent of, of others like I'm better than ninety percent ninety-five percent center which is a good thing to think not a bad thing It's good to have the point is that we all we all work in this relative type uh, playing field this relative arena where things are relative and we we measure things higher than lower than greater than smaller than uh, more spiritual less spiritual more connected, less connected. We all like to know where things exist on a hierarchy, on a, on a ladder. But the truth is, relative to God, everything else is on a different playing field. In other words, God is on a different playing field. When we talk about spirituality, so spirituality you know, can be measured in different ways. One, one classic way of measuring spirituality is transparency. The more transparent something is to its source, that is one solid way of defining spirituality. How transparent is a thing, is an existence, is a being, is an entity to its source. And the more transparent it is, the more spiritual it is. So I'll give you an example. An angel. So we say in the prayers, what do the angels do? The angels say, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. The angels say that God is holy, holy, holy. The angels recognize Hashem. They recognize their source. Right? The angels are recognizing their source, so they're transparent. When you look at an angel, the angel says, do you know who I represent? Do you know what I represent? I represent Hashem. So the angel is transparent, so we say the angel is spiritual. When a human being dedicates their life to Torah, and mitzvot, so a person can say that that person is spiritual because they, are dedicated to others, etc., because they are, they are transparent to something higher than themselves. When you look at them, you don't see them, or you see some of them, but you also see kind of a window into something else, something deeper, something higher the more opaque something is, which basically, the way I'm defining opacity in this context, is the more about self a thing is, the more, when you look at it, the more it bespeaks self, I exist, I am, don't look past this, because look right here, the more opaque something is, the less spiritual it may be called. Why? Why? Because it doesn't reflect, or not reflect—it's not transparent to something greater than itself, to something higher than itself. Make sense so far? No. So the idea here is transparency. Transparency. Our physical reality is the hallmark of our created reality. This world, in general, before we get into the distinction of of, of individuals. The cre- our created reality makes one statement. And that is, I exist. That's the one statement everything on earth naturally says. I exist. We've been, uh, we've been studying on Monday nights the book of Tanya. Tanya's six-step program of personal change. And he talks about two souls. The first soul is called an animal soul. The animal soul, or the vital soul, the natural soul, the biological soul. It's the soul... That powers, that drives the sense of I am, and I need to be. It's the soul that drives the human being to self-preservation, to take care of oneself, to care to to pre- all of you know. All of the biological functions and realities of the human being are driven by by that by this animal biological human soul vital soul natural soul. So the very first awareness that a person has is that I exist. Before we get to the idea of there's something higher than me, or I'm here for a higher purpose, or there are others that I need in my life, or not that I need, no that's still about me. There are others that I am here to help, etc. Before all of that happens, the very first reality, the very first notion of a human being is that I exist, and I have my needs. And, you know, we've talked about this idea before in, di- in different ways, but one way to look at it, a child, the first thing a child does in this world is cry. So sometimes I say, okay, okay that I contradict myself, it's fine. Sometimes I say that what's the cry? Because the child sense, the, sh- the soul in a sh- the, the godly soul in a sense senses its disconnect, how it's being thrown into a different reality. And so- sometimes I say, it's okay, and they're both true because it depends on who's because crying is coming from, from both places. Sometimes it's I need food, I'm hungry, I have my needs, so I'm crying. You, I want you to know that I exist. The first statement of a human being is, by the way, in case you didn't know, I'm here, and I'll and I'll be here, and I'll I'll make myself known at various uh, times throughout the day, and indeed throughout the night. So this is right. So right. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 whatever, depending on the child. Which sometimes makes you wonder where they made, where they came up with the phrase "sleeping like a baby." Like what's, what, which baby are you talking about? Because the babies that I know don't sleep so much like a baby. Yeah, they sleep like a more apt analogy probably would be. Sleeping like on an international flight in coach with the stewardess running over your foot and bumping into your shoulder. That's more along the lines of the sleep. Not that anyone's jostling the child. It's a good analogy, huh? anyway, isn't I think so. Anyway. I
4: just don't know how you come up with that kind
0: of thing. It's, it's all good.
1: <laughs>
0: I sleep like a baby. Okay. alright, good we should always bump it an hour early soon we're going to be starting at 2.30am I'll bring the kids Okay. getting back to the point so a child the first statement of a child is I exist this is I have needs I exist, you cannot forget about me I exist the natural state of existence is isness. Isness? Iness, Isness? I exist. This is. The natural state so that's this created reality. But not every created reality is, uh, has the same consciousness. The higher realms, Kabbalah speaks of four a continuum of four different worlds the higher worlds have a different type of consciousness. The higher worlds sense that they come from a higher source. Our creator reality, our world, the, the, the reality that we're conscious of on a very basic level does not have the immediate notion that it comes from somewhere higher. It doesn't have this, in a sense, this natural state. Ha- the soul, the godly the soul has this sense of transparency. But the animal soul, the body, the nature of all created reality is to be. And not to think of... of not, not to be conscious of anything higher. Whereas the nature of what we're going to call the spiritual realms, the nature of the spiritual realms, which in Kabbalah describes as three different worlds with their own distinctions in quality and in consciousness, etc. But in general... The three higher worlds have a sense of transparency. Have a consciousness of transparency. They know where they come from. They can sense that there's a higher source. Which is why we simply which is why we simply call the higher worlds a spiritual world, spiritual worlds, spiritual realms, and we call our world a physical world. Why? Spiritual means. That it's transparent and physical means that it's not transparent. So this is the caviar and the sardines. This is the caviar and the sardines, huh?
1: Kabbalah and caviar.
0: Kabbalah and caviar. Kabbalah and caviar, right? So the 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 kabbalah caviar. I was about to say. So the kabbalah says that the higher worlds, the spiritual realms, are like the caviar. In other words, they have they're more sophisticated. When I say sophisticated, not self sophistication, but rather sophistication of recognizing their own place within a hierarchy, other that they're transparent to something beyond them, whereas our physical world is like sardines. Okay, nothing against sardines, I'm just saying, like, the, the comparison is, that's sophisticated in the sense of that's transparent to God, and we, we are, we're opaque. We have the opacity thing going on. We feel ourselves, we're more distant, we're, we're further away from Hashem, etc. That's all how we see it. That's all how, you know, if you're gunning to be the top fish, right? This is kind of how this is kind of how things f- play out. This is how they fall out. Think of like a West Side story with fish going on it. OK.
1: <laughs>
0: <Huh>? <laughs> now, what happens when you step outside of this whole reality? When you step outside, or this fantasy, when you step outside of this whole, everyone's trying to, right, everyone's vying for fit, you jump out of that space, and you look at it from a different perspective, you realize, oh, it's caviar and sardines, it's all a bunch of fish, or fish eggs, whatever it is. I've never had caviar, so. It's, it's all a bunch of seafood, <laughs> in reality. What else is it? So, th- what does it mean to step out of the, out of the plane? It means to recognize the following. That God is neither spiritual nor physical. God is not... When we talk about the opacity, when we talk about the transparency of the spiritual realms to God, what does that mean? That means that they recognize where they come from. Does that make them godlike? Think about it. Because you have an awareness of where you come from, does that make you, does that allow you to emulate in a true way The source, God, it allows you to be conscious of God. It allows you on some level to to adjust your behavior, adjust your way of being, right? In concert with a higher will. But does that actually allow you to be God? Of course not. God is higher than the caviar, than the sardines, than the, the higher worlds, than the lower worlds. God is beyond everything. So this is where the relativity breaks down. Relativity only exists within a certain system. This is the major idea. This is and whether Einstein thought about this, he didn't, he knew it, he worked it in, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not relevant. The point is simple. The point is that the relativity, that whole game, exists in its, in its sandbox, in its playing field, in its reality, then you can start saying, "Well, I'm higher than you." I'm lower. You can start, you know, moving pieces around and figuring out where things stack up, and which is more transparent, less transparent, which is higher, lower, bigger, uh, you know, smaller, etc. When you get out of that space, when you get out of the created reality, when you get out of the sandbox, and you start moving over to God's turf, nothing has any relativity. Which is why, by the way. Which is why the name the holiday of Purim is called Purim. Does anybody know what the name Purim means? Lots. Yeah, because we have lots of candy. No, it's a different lot. Lots of alcohol. No, it's a different type of lots. It's the lots that's on the that's at six or seven p.m. The lots drawing. They draw the lottery, six or
3: something.
0: Oh, No. In Pennsylvania, they used to back in the day. I don't know. I don't know what they do nowadays. Anyway, mm-hmm. I guess no one, no one plays the lottery. They do? Yeah. You draw lots. What well, do in Britain? Oh, the, the lottery, right? The lottery. the lottery, straight up. Okay, Purim is called by the name of lots. Purim is, Purim is named after the lottery. Who's lottery? What, when did he draw a lottery? When the Jews were going to die. To determine when the Jews are going to die. So think about it. We name the holiday, not Esther, not Mordecai, not Shushan, if you kind of want to go, in a time, in a place. All right. You name it after the lots? Why? What do what the lots have to do with the, the miracle? The lots was, was a negative thing. The lots was part of the decree. Part of Haman's diabolical plot to destroy all of world Jewry at the at the time. So what? And the lot, the lot seems like an insignificant piece of the puzzle. Like he decided a day that he was going to, God forbid, destroy the Jew, annihilate the Jews, was on a day that fell out by the lots, the thirteenth of Adar or the 14th. So what? What? What's going on? What are we doing? Answer that question. Why are we? Does anybody have an answer? Like why? Why is the name Purim called something to do with chance? To do a chance. Exactly. Kabbalah explains that Haman knew that when you get to a certain, when you rise to a certain place, when you get to a certain place outside of this reality, there's no higher or lower. There's no higher or lower. Haman knows that to, to destroy the Jews, it can't happen through a, on a spiritual level, it can't happen in a, in a logical fashion, right? How could it happen? How could the Jews be destroyed in a logical fashion? Spiritually, if the Jews are charged with the mission of Torah and Mitzvot and bring light and being a light into the world, etc., so then how could, logically, how could that happen? So Haman says, "What we're going to do is we're going to go to a place of Lot's. What is lot? Lot is chance. Lot is we're suspending logic. Suspending reason, suspending rationale, and going to places beyond the system. essentially, what Hamman was trying to do is what we're talking about now, which is go outside, leave the sandbox. You leave the sandbox, they have the hierarchy, this more spiritual, less spiritual, you have different so that's all in the sandbox. But when you go outside of that, right God, to God, it's all seafood. So if it's all seafood, right? so then at that point we got a valid shot to, dis- to get rid of the Jews. God forbid. Haman is thinking. Right. Once you get outside of the of of any rationale, of any hierarchy, of any re- relativism. So now there's a valid shot, right? There's no. What's the value? Oh, Torah mitzvos. Whatever. It's the same same fish, same seafood. Oh, more spiritual. One mitzvah, another less mitzvah. It doesn't make a difference. So this is what Haman was trying to do. It didn't work for for various reasons, because once he once. But the point is that he was trying to get to this place, in a sense, of where the prophet says, quoting Hashem, if you do something, we have to be careful how we understand this, but in a sense, if you do a mitzvah, does it really change me? And if you do, if you do something opposite my will, does it really hurt me? Hashem says. Like, does it really have you know, that, that, that type of effect? Now, we know that it does only because God chooses it to, but not essentially. So here's the point. Or yes, essentially, but only because it's an essential choice. But not. So let, let me step back from the, from maybe more the mind-bending philosophical point of this and make it a little bit more practical. The idea that we want to bring out here is that the notion that heaven is closer to God than Earth is a false notion. It's a notion that exists in here, in the sandbox, in the sandbox of creation of existence. We can say that that realm, those angels that uh, sphere of reality is closer, more transparent to God than we are, than I am, etc. So we can make that judgment, make that relativistic judgment. When it comes to God, God is equal, <laughs> heaven is equally as irrelevant to God as earth. Right? It's like this... I used the word sophistication on purpose before. Because we would say, caviar is more sophisticated, but we also call people sophisticated. The sophistication of seafood is not the same type of sophistication... As intelligence. It's a different sophistication. So, when we talk about the idea of spirituality and transparency and connection, that's all in the sandbox. And then to God, everything is the same, equally distant, equally impossibly distant. And yet, a fundamental Jewish belief is that God does have a relationship with the world. As I mentioned just a moment ago, because God chooses to, or essentially chooses to, I don't want to get into the details of how that plays out. We may get into it in the next text, depending on what we, what we choose. But the idea here is, that for one to say, that God exists in the heavens, but not in the earth, is to, is to put God in the same sandbox as we are. Is to basically say, well, I want God to also be in the sandbox. And if God's in the sandbox, then He's with the, the transparents. He's not with the, uh, with, the, uh, with the opaques. He's with the transparents and not with the... Op- he's with the caviar, He's not with the sardines. But that's putting God... That's, that's saying that... That's calling God seafood. <laughs> Which is a little bit... A little bit like creating God in our image. Slightly. I want to say slightly, I mean big time. Now, so yesterday... So we were reading the Torah yesterday in Shul as uh, As we pretty much do every week, and i was it 's whatever it's it 's what we do and what the interesting thing was it it kind of struck me when the, when the jewish so the yesterday we read about the sin of the golden calf, which is actually the 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 essence of of this whole the whole text that we 're studying sin of the golden calf and it 's interesting to read about how how it evolves i want to re- you know what don't ta- don 't take my word for it. Who used to say that? But don't take my word for it. Reading rainbow possibly. Reading rainbow. Okay, can you pass Doris? Can you pass the uh, the brown chumish, the right side of the shelf? Any of those? Yeah. To you? Yeah, please. No, just to me. That way I can fudge a translation. No one will know the watch. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs)
3: Like they would know. I'm just saying. Now, you picked that book completely at random. This
0: is completely at random. <laughs> well done, Oz. I love it. I'm just going to turn to any random page <laughs> and then turn again. And then turn again. Okay. Good stuff. Sin of the Golden Calf. Vayarha Amki boshesh Moshe Laredes Menahar. The people saw that Moshe was delayed in descending from the mountain. Remember we learned about this? Bosh Bo, Bo, the sixth hour came, and he wasn't there because okay. And the people gathered against Aaron, Moses' brother. And they said to him, Kum, get up. lanu elokim, make for us a god. You see what's going on? yelchu who will go before us. That's all you need to know. What are they saying? Do they want a God to to submit to, or do they want, or they want to create? Well, talk about a softball uh, question, right? They're asking, create a God for us. Let us make a God, or make a God for us that will then go before us. What does that mean? That's like paying off the politician to then to then uh, legislate, right? It's like buying off. So what you're doing is, in essence, Good morning. What you're doing in essence is you're trying to create a God for yourself in your image, in your sandbox that plays according to your rules and your limited, linear, whatever it is, way of understanding, a way of rationale. And then you turn around and have the just complete delusional something, some form of that, perspective of saying, but it's going to go, it's going lead us. This God is actually not, it's of my creation, but now it's going to be higher than me and greater than me and lead me to great things. Think about it. We do this all the time. We do this all the time. We create gods. We, we create them, and then we say, and now lead us. And we're really leading it because we fueled it, but it's, we're convincing ourselves that, no, 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 this is really outside of ourselves, etc.
4: But, you know, also they, they had belief as long as the structure that they had set up was working. They were willing to believe as long as Moshe was going to come down at the appointed time. But then when faith kicked in,
0: but they didn't, yeah. the, the, the,
4: there was a little bit of a sort of a... A, a
0: bump drop, in the road, yeah. A, they, a bump in the... Yeah. And then suddenly it's like we got we got to create this. So this is what they say. This is what they want. They want to create a leader. So here's the thing. If you want to operate in the sandbox, then yeah, God is holier than you. God is more spiritual and and the angels are are closer to God. And that's if you want st- to if you want to stay in in the ocean, right? Seafood right? Right, you want to stay, yeah, we're all seafood here. Fantastic. So God is another fish. God is the biggest fish. Right? God is Wonderful. But no one thing, as sophisticated as it is, it's the sophistication of seafood. As sophisticated as that God will be, it will be the sophistication of caviar relative to other sophistication. But that's not God. That's not, that's not the God that Judaism speaks of. The God that Judaism speaks of, the Torah speaks of, the Kabbalah speaks of, is a God that's outside of the whole system. It's not in the ocean. Not under the sea. Not at all in this arena of seafood. God is the sophisticated. God is not sophisticated. God is not. You can't apply any of these terms. God is God. God is greater than, higher than, completely removed from all other existence, all other created existence, all other existence, to the point that you can't call existence other, because other implies that there's a certain rel- uh, relativism, right? The, the other thing, uh, it's not even the same league. And the point that we're making here is not that therefore we have no connection with God, but we're actually going the other way. We're actually going the other way to say that just as God does have a relationship with the heavens, does have a relationship with the create, with the spiritual realms, etc., God also has a relationship with us, with the physical realm. God is not closer to heaven than He is to earth. God is not closer to the angels than to the humans. God is equally infinite, and, 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 and of an infinite distance, but at the same time chooses to have the closest relationship possible with His creation, both Heaven and Earth. This is, as we've said many times before, and as we've said, this is the main, this is the main central point of this text, this entire text, and that is that God is real, and God is here, and God is in everything that exists. And there's nothing that's disconnected. There's nothing that's, well, that's too low. God is not found here. That's the human being's way of boxing out God, basically pushing God to the other side of the sandbox. Saying, you're not in this space, right? This is where we're going to play with the Transformers, and you're doing the, the My Little Pony. You're over there, whatever. You, this is an 80s. I'm an 80s child, right? Transformers, My Little Pony. This is all 80s. Anyway. Welcome to my world, huh? I'm with you. you are okay, good. Good. All right. I love it. I'm feeling so the idea is, you know, we're we're we're, we're sidelining God outside. Like, okay, you belong over there, you belong with the spiritual things, you belong with the angels. You don't belong over here. What do you if God's a care bear. <laughs> my no, my little pony, right? I don't want to switch the analogy here. Okay. Have your so I, there, this, this analogy exists on many different levels. Awesome. This is part of the discipline of Kabbalah is understanding in it. Paper, my, Paper, my husband, Exactly. But now it's Kabbalah. More Kabbalah, more than out Okay. Now here's the point. Here's the point. So the idea is that we have to recognize that God is not in the sandbox, but yet not, to be careful. It's not that God is not in the, God, chooses in the sandbox, God chooses to be in the sandbox, but God chooses to be in the entire sandbox in heaven and earth. And as we've said, this is the deepest point. And with this, we'll take a few questions. Then we'll jump into the new to the new stuff. And I think we're, we're going to have a seal, a conclusion of our text today. I think it's brewing. It's percolating. Um, and here's the, here's the final act of this point. And that is paradoxically, it's the earth. It's it's the it's the opacity of our reality. In other words, our consciousness, when I say our, I mean this world's consciousness, of I exist, Right, the child that cries and says, I exist, and, and I have needs, and I, it's, a, it's all about me, and etc. Not in a negative way, but in, a, in a just a natural way. It's that consciousness that actually reflects God in a greater way than the transparency of heaven. We've talked about this before. The opacity of this world on one level, in one way, I'm going to explain how in a second, actually is represents the truth of God more than the transparency of heaven. So whereas before we were thinking, again this is a this is a, a play in three acts, before we were thinking that heaven is closer to God than earth. Because it's more transparent, it's more spiritual. Right? And we're more opaque, we're we're less transparent, so there's a distance. We said no 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 that was act one. We said no 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 throw out act one now it's all—it's all in the sandbox. You can't put God in this. You can't put God as one of the players. God is outside the God is outside the uh, the arena here. So God is equally irrelevant and then relevant to all of creation. God chooses to be involved in all of creation, heaven and earth. Now that's Act Two. Act Three is saying that in in essence or or in truth, Earth, our creator reality, represents God. God's truth in a greater way than the transparency of heaven. <clears throat> Why is it? Because the opacity of our created reality says, oh, you got it?
2: Well, I was going to say, maybe all the uh, higher realms are pass-through realms. You know? uh, if, if they don't hold, uh, we're, we're, we're vessels. Oh. So, so, that's so they're all,
0: so how do you know when's, when you've hit the truth, it's when you hit the, when you hit the end. So we're at the end, we're at the bottom of the whole hierarchy. So you know that that was the intention, the original intention. You, you end when it's done, when you finally completed the project. So we're the, we're the culmination of it, everything else is passed through, everything else is a tool in order to get to us who are the destination. But I want to explain how even on a, on a transparent versus opaque, transparency versus opacity, how one represents God more than the other. I think maybe the,
4: the idea is to minimize or eliminate
0: your opacity and but 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 here's but here's a meditation that's going to turn the opacity on its head can I try one more? yeah okay. <laughs> because best of 3 you
2: know, it's a dynamic um, creation in, in a sense it's a, it's a it's a mirroring of god rather than
0: ah uh, exactly
1: <gasps> the
0: opacity
1: the is...
0: paradoxically the opacity is more along the lines of God's consciousness than transparency. Because God is not transparent to anything higher. Think about it. God, God's consciousness, if we could speak of such things, which we can't, but we're going to do it anyway. Because there's no other way to do it. Right, God's... If if you wanted it, right, if God was on the couch. So, you know, what are you thinking? Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, I mean,
3: okay, I... I God's <laughs> a letter.
0: Huh? Right? Well, uh, I'm not going to get into the whole Letterman, Len, uh, no. Leno. I was going to say Lenin, but that's it's a different dictator. Conan. Like Conan, whatever. Okay, good. Let's, let's circle back for a second. So, so if you're asking God, so tell me about yourself, right? So, who are you transparent to? What's God's answer? I am. I am. I exist. Who else in the whole scheme hierarchy of creation says I am? I exist. We. Our natural, selfish, self-centered, biological, animal-soul perspective of reality that says I exist, opacity, it's me, I don't represent anything higher than myself, paradoxically, is the exact same perspective that God has. So
3: it's the God complex.
0: It's the God complex. Which is why I always say, God is an atheist. (laughs) God is an atheist. (laughs) Because he doesn't believe in anything higher than himself. So, he, But here's where here's where this is used only, though, as a starting point. to rec- Not that, oh, therefore I cannot believe in God. No, no, no. When you say you don't believe in God, where do you think that ability is coming from? You're actually channeling a divine thing, but recognize that where is that coming from? It's coming from God. So now utilize it. Utilize it. Here's the force. Now use it for good. Something like that. The shorts will be with you, something like that. But utilize, <laughs> utilize the gift. Utilize this perspective. Recognize that. Don't say, "Oh, I don't believe." I don't, I'm not. I don't see anything higher than so. Therefore, I'm, you are connected. You are more connected. There's a that the re, the possibility for you to say that for you not to be transparent because God is fa- God's essence. And God's perspective is found more in this realm than the higher realms. As you said before, it's passing through. So the spiritual, So here's, here's how it goes. The angels don't have the same perspective as God. Because the angels say, we're not God, God is higher than. That's not God's perspective. They have a perception of God, but they don't have God's perspective. It's only the human being. It's only the human being. And the body of the human being and the animal soul of the human being that actually touches on and actually, says in a sense, the same, if God were speaking, may say the same words as God. I am. Nothing came before me. Nothing will come after me. I created my, I created myself. I, I. I. I am. Right. Only the human being can say that. Only the human being can say that because in our and in, in general our reality. Because on one level, we're actually closer. Not closer. Not, not closer in the sense of more transparent, but there's more God's essence here. It's the in the air. We're more in the image of self. We're more in the image of God, exactly. The
2: angels don't have any sense of self because they're doing like, they're,
0: they're God's like work, God. is that, right?
4: Is that why the hero when when you look at, you know, is sort of reflects the structure of the human body? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And and the idea here is not that we should be we should be okay with cutting God out and saying, well, I I heard in Kabbalah that that's actually God speaking. The point is to recognize where it's coming from and recognize that the fact that we have a tendency or ability or possibility to say something like that or to feel that or to believe that is paradoxically because of a closeness of God, because there's a God consciousness that we have, a God complex, because we have that. So we're a person that says that I am my own God the only reason is because God is present here in this reality. The angels can't say that because God is not. God doesn't give them that ability to do so. Now again, but not that we should get stuck and, and then and therefore say it and, 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 and enjoy saying that. But rather recognize it's a begin. It's a starting point. Recognize that that's coming from a closeness of Hashem. So now, so now, so now, what, what, now what can I do to express that in the world? Right, in a sense of in a way of confidence. If God, if God is here, if God is true, if God is real, so now, now how do I need to live my life? How do I need to live my life? So now I'm not creating God in my image. I realize that oh, I am created in the image of God. Now it's a different. Now now we have a different. Now we're not creating golden calves. Hopefully, right? We're not creating golden calves or American idols. What we're doing is, we're we're we are now humbled by the fact that God is right here, and God is invested in us. So here's the three acts. Act number 1 just to review is that God is closer to heaven than earth because because God's spiritual also because God's in this right cuz because, cuz because they're more transparent than we are that's act 1 act 2 is no God is not in the sandbox God is 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 just is outside of the whole thing so God is equally involved in heaven and earth and act number 3 is God is closer to earth than in heaven number 1 heaven is a is a tool to pass through to get to the destination Number two, the consciousness of God—the godly consciousness—the actual mirror image or or the same um, expression of God's consciousness—is only found here in in Earth and not heaven. We'll take some questions, yeah. You
3: know, one thing that I was thinking when you were talking about um, this—you know, creating God in our image—I think that's really what we. that we that That the what what the deal is is to. Reveal God. And so, and, and you have to, have to write instruction book. But what happens is, what we do is, you know, you take shortcuts, you know, a lot of people don't read the, the instruction manual anyway.
0: What are those? <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs>
3: right, and so, no, I mean, and, and that's when you, when you do, oh, we need something here, you know. So I'll make something up. You know, I, I got a piece of a little of this. I got you know bits and pieces of it. Right. Whereas I think the Torah uh, is the instruction manual on how to how to reveal God. You know, because it's still God's job. But like the, like in that saying with, with you know, Chase said that you you know it's God's job, but we have to do the work. Right. See, and that that's why it's a partnership between man and and, and Hashem is that. You you know you have to do the work, and so what happens is is when you're coming from a, a lower space, you know you haven't really educated yourself and, and immersed yourself. You're gonna you're gonna work on the resources you have available, and they're puny, you know. So you have to you know expand you know, your consciousness and, and your and your knowledge. You do that, and and so the, so that that was the thing. They, they, that's why they said we're the people of the book. You know, they gave us the book, so we got to, you know, if we do it. we we got to study it. You know, yeah. And, and then, and you know, we got to
0: live it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah.
1: I think you've alluded to it, but it still hasn't gelled yet. In terms of being humbled by knowing this, but if God were here, well, God is here today. But if you were interviewing God here right. today, what would you imagine He would say, like to us, if, if we all walk out of this room knowing that okay, God is closer to Earth than to heaven? So. So what? Like, what does
0: God want us to... If God is is real, right here, right now, everything changes. I'm living my life in a different way. We talked about resentment. I'm not resentful. I don't get angry. I don't get jealous. All the negative emotions fall away. Um,
1: I guess what I'm having trouble getting is, how does knowing that God's here on earth have us do that more than thinking God's...
0: Because if, if God is theoretical or in heaven and God's not real, then the stuff that's happening here is happening on its own. So I can get sad about stuff that happens. I can get angry at stuff that happens. I can get resentful at stuff that happens. Um, I can think that you know, I, don't, I don't have responsibilities to do on this earth because you know God is busy with heaven and not with earth. It changes everything. We live our lives in such a heightened sense of awareness that God is right here and God is involved, is, is pulsing through the fabric of, of all of existence. It's a, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. I mean, And we've talked about it before, maybe a few months ago, how like a lot of it is r- readily relevant to our lives. And as, and as we conclude today, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll tie
1: it in. And part of what we're talking about in terms of knowing just that everything is as it should be, sort of. I,
0: mean, that, I think it's as, as, as it should be at the same time that God empowers us to, to make changes also, for sure. Thank
5: you. I wanted to try something else. Sure. What I thought I heard you say is that by saying I am, I exist. That I am, Sense projecting God, that I'm projecting that same spirit. As Correct. God. Okay. Correct. So if I'm a projection of God, then so are you, and that means I need to be conscious of that and treat you as holy and
0: treat myself as holy. That's another. That's another immediate application. Exactly, the sanctity in which we treat each other and the world itself. It's all. It's all the rivers of this idea. Now, what I want to get into, Can I sure. for yeah. Can I? I want to back.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pony
1: yeah. would be female mahlouf. Oh, I wasn't getting it. No, doing I wasn't doing that. You trans-
0: okay. No, but I'm actually getting it now. But, but right now,
1: female, so I'm I well. Sister. Or would
0: you like to do that? I do know You know, it's it it it. it, it reaching the sandbox, no. Um, I wasn't. It, the truth is, I didn't have that in mind. Okay. But, but it's a good segue to what I, to, to the next step in, in all this, which is that how do we what we're talking about is really the idea you know this concept that God is, is here and God is right here and God is real and God is close to us and God we have that we're God. How, how do we well yeah. no but in a good way in a good way yeah. I'm God in a good way. all right So see because that that sense of, of, of this is who I am when you know that it comes from Hashem, know that it comes from a high, from something higher, there's a sense of responsibility in there. It's, I am, there's a confidence there, and an invincibility, but at the same time, there's responsibility with that. It's not something that, oh, I am because I am, and that's it, and therefore I'm going to wield it for you know negative things, for destructive purposes, to harm somebody else, etc. It's a sense of, I've been given this gift, this invincibility, this unbreakable soul. I've been given it. I'm reflecting God's consciousness. That's a tremendous responsibility. What am I going to use it for? That's the perspective that we need today. As I said, it's the beginning point. The second point is, now I have a responsibility. Anyway, but now, but all of this, all of these messages, how do we hear them? How do we hear them? I, I'm, I know I'm not phrasing the question correctly to actually elicit the answer that I'm looking for. So I think I'll just say it. In order to really hear this, more than hear this, to understand, more than to understand, but to feel it, to really to live this, there's one thing that we need. Well, there's many things, but one major thing that we need. That is receptivity. To be receptive. To be a vessel. What does it mean to be a vessel? It means to be open to this idea. Kli male, e'noi a full vessel cannot contain a vessel that is whole, that is full it's not a vessel it's not a vessel because it's full a vessel can only receive when it's empty so you're in a you're in a room, with uh, you're at a party or at an event with people that you've never met before, and you're talking, and you're, let's say you talk, say you talk to different people. You're talking for an hour, straight. How much did you learn about others? Maybe you learned about their patience. Listening to you. <laughs> Maybe you learned techniques of saying, "Oh, what, what? Give me one second, like how to get out of." But you haven't really, right? You haven't really, you haven't really picked up anything. You haven't learned anything. For, why? Because, because you were, you were projecting. You were giving. So when when can we, when can we take in? It's when, when we're a vessel, when there's a certain sense of emptiness—not in an sadness, empty sadness—but when there's an emptiness. This is what malchut is. Getting back to the masculine and feminine qualities. Malchut, as opposed to za, and again, this is going back to our Kabbalistic chart of Sfirot, Zah are the six emotional and practical energies that exist in the continuum above Malchut, are all about projection of self, as we've said, right? Chesed says, You gotta give. Kvuru says, No, no, you can't give. You gotta withhold, you gotta teach them a lesson. Tiferet says, "Let's get very compassionate." Netzach uh, is ambition. So, every, everything has its own, has its what it's projecting. What is malchut? Leis la megam meklum to wax Aramaic doesn't have anything of its own. What does that mean? It's a vessel. It's receiving. As we've said before in this class, a few weeks ago, tip not to to be a vessel requires tremendous work. To be open to listening to what others are saying, to be open to integrating other ideas into your reality and then that, that takes tremendous... It's an active experience as opposed to a passive experience. Because a passive experience, if you want to think about it spatially, I, I know that sometimes helps. Think, think about a, a, a cup that's a, shmat, that's a flat cup. Right? How much is it going to hold? Hey, take this cup, right? Soften it down or before, and, and put it out like that. It's going to hold anything? It's not going to hold. The idea to create, to create a vessel, is tremendous work. It's but it's it, it's work creating the outside, creating that strength, but also creating the hollowness inside to be able to be receptive. Kabbalah says, as we've talked about in. Recently in this text, ZA is representative of the masculine energy, the projection energy in a sense, and Malchut is representative of the feminine energy, which is a receptive energy. And again, with our usual disclaimer, both men and women have both energies, and everyone had. But here is, but the, but there are two distinct energies. We said God, you know, the, there are two. There's masculine energy, and there's a Masculine soul and a feminine soul and different energies. So the masculine energy is za, and the feminine energy is Malchut. The, recept- the receptivity. Which energy is more likely to recognize God? To be Malchut. To be receptive. Malchut is receptive, understand, to the energies that exist above it. It's also receptive. It also can... Get can can listen to can feel can sense the truth of what exists below it. Malchut we say Malchut Davatzilot the highest world is that which spawns the rest the next stage of creation. Malchut is like the earth, right? That creates growth, creates a new, creates birth, right? Like the female which which gives rise to life. Malchut is receptive to that which is above it in a sense, in the hierarchy of the sepherot, there's that which is being projected onto it, and it also is receptive to that which it's creating, to that which, it's, which it is giving rise to. And as we said, you can only create if there's receptivity first, you can only really create, we have the example of, of working on a team, and getting, gathering ideas, and then putting out something novel, putting out something new that's really creative, etc. Malchot is at the key of this point. But what's the whole point of this? It's very simple. Who, which energy... Or what, let's say which soul, the masculine soul or the feminine soul, is more apt, is more likely to recognize God here on earth? It's the feminine soul. It's the, it's the soul that comes from Malchut. It's the soul that comes from Malchut. And this, and so this explains, after the sin of the golden calf, Moshe comes to Aaron. Moses comes to Aaron. And he says, What happened? Whoops. Sorry, he said whoops. I had no idea. So look what he says. I have to find it now. I know where it is on the page. I just know which page it's on. Somewhere over here. Yeah. Got right Okay. Aaron said, the Omar lahem. I said, to, I said to them, Lemi Zahav. <coughs> it's translated here as who has gold. I said to them, the people said, we don't know what happened to Moshe. We don't know. We're panicking. So Aaron says, what did I tell the people? Lemi, Zahav. Lemi Zahav. Who has gold? And what happened? His bark of a yinu, sheikh And they took it off quickly and gave it to me. I threw it to the fire and to my surprise, out came this calf. Right? He said... I, asked, I said, who has gold? They gave it to me. How does Kabbalah explain this? What was his question? L'mi Zahav. Zahav. Hebrew grammar. To whom is the gold? It's not the question of who has gold. To whom does the gold belong? What was his point? What was Aaron's point? What was he telling them? Believe in God. He's telling them exactly. Where does the gold come from? Who has the gold? You want to create a golden calf? You want to take gold, right? You want to create a God in your image. You want to utilize gold. Who, who has the gold? Whose gold is it? Whose gold is it anyway? Right, whose gold is it? Huh? <laughs> it's God's gold. There's fool's gold. It's fool's gold, right? And then there's God's gold. It's all God's gold. And when we think it's ours, then we're the fool. All God's, got gold. All God's
1: what? Got gold.
0: That's it. So here's the point. Here's the point. So Aaron is telling, telling Moshe that really what he was doing, he was trying to, educate, and it didn't work, but he was trying to explain to them, trying to t- teach them by asking a critical question, Wait, you want to create a God because Moshe is delayed and you don't see God, etc. You don't see God. Look around you. Where is God not? Where is God? We have to create a calf to find God. Where is God not? You're asking, where is God? Where is He not? You don't see God. So you want to take... God's not in the gold. Who told you this? Where do you get this idea from? That God's not here. This is Judaism Judaism 101. That God is right here to quote our famous song, Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly everywhere. Up, up, down, down, right, left and all around. You know the song? Here, there, and everywhere, this where it can be found. Without the tune, and the tune sounds much better than just like spoken word, but here's the point. <laughs> the point is that Aaron's education is telling them, recognize that God is right here. You want to create God. You want to create a new God. You want to create a golden calf. Why? Because you don't see God. Where's God not? But what's the problem? Problem is, they're not perceiving it. They're not perceiving it. They're saying, right, with our limited finite enough, finite in our sandbox, so we don't see God. You've got to open up your eyes, he's telling them. You've got to recognize that God is right here, Jen. No, I said every human being has both. both but, right.
1: But you also said that some of us are weighted.
0: One Could, yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah.
1: So it doesn't seem fair that if you have a lot of male energy, that you would have to try so hard to
0: access. Well, one second. Hold on. Hold on. It, it, first, to to access my. I, I haven't yet really exercised this, but that's just a theoretical inner parent yeah. who says who, who says life is fair. No, it's it, but it's, but it really the truth behind it is like this: that yeah, if somebody is more predisposed, right. So you could say the women that didn't participate, and where we're going with those, that's why the women didn't participate in the golden calf, because they're like, you, you you need to find God. God. God is right here. God never left us. Well, but we're pointing it out that in that context, it was way that women did go one way and the men fell fell the other way. So there, it kind of, and maybe it's because the lesson for us to see the two energies and see clearly how the two energies diverge, but an actual male-female dynamic doesn't actually necessarily fall on those lines. The point is like this, that even if somebody is more predisposed, as you asked, predisposed to a male Energy, a ma- masculine soul, a type of a perspective on life, and so I'm less receptive. So I got to work on that. That's harder than okay. somebody who's already. Look, if we were created, if we,
1: we
0: have our own challenges. Amazing. Or uh, there, there are there's, there are There are advantages, and uh, you know, and concerns. There's pluses and minuses for everything. Look, you know what, and, and, and if you had to work twice as hard, let, let, let's let say that you did. Right? Let's say that you did. You had to work twice as hard. Good. You'd have a great life. You've had a great, yeah. You're working towards something and you, look, you know what, if we, if, if we achieved our goals, I don't, I don't know, then, then what are we doing? Like 18... <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then, then what? Right? Then, then what are we doing? am playing eighteen. The 18 rolls. Rolls. It's the doing, right? It's the energy. It's the energy in doing that creates the light. You know, it's the struggle that creates the light. There's no, there's Jan. I just want to say this, but there's nothing wrong with working hard. No, no, I mean, no, I mean this seriously. With work, we're struggling against this idea. No, if, 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 if I say the men in this in this context, right? The men back then in the desert. Had this sense of well, we need to find God. We don't see God, etc. That was their challenge. They failed the challenge, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have been given the challenge. Their the to challenge
2: was an opportunity, as you said the other day. Challenge you were talking about. Meaning was an opportunity to rise higher.
0: Exactly right. Exactly. It's, it's all about rising higher. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um,
4: so, just on a psychological level. Yeah. So what comes to mind is is that they created the golden cap to deal with their anxiety. Of, A lot of it of, was that, yeah. Of the unknown situation. They didn't have their leader, they didn't know, they
0: didn't see, right. they, they so felt what, anxious.
4: What we tend to do um, to deal with anxiety and not where they call it the God side, the God hole that exists in, in people that can only be filled with that consciousness, we tend to fill it up with things like the golden calf and other idols, to fill up that God. Exactly. Heart, to deal with the anxiety of not.
0: So we do the same so things, exactly the it. same exact things. We feel, we feel that emptiness, we feel that anxiety, we don't know, we feel, you know, we feel unsure, we feel threatened, whatever it is. And we, we grab onto stuff.
4: Because that feeling of stuff. being a vessel and that emptiness very vulnerable. is a state of grace and a state of just suspension.
0: And it's a very vulnerable state to be in, to put ourselves in. And it doesn't matter whether you're a male or female, It's a tremendous. It's a, it takes tremendous work to get there. To get to that space, again, I think that the Torah is kind of like putting it out there. You know, access this energy that will help you get there. But the point is that it's a profoundly challenging ex- uh, experience to have, yeah, I, or a place I, to I be. in. I
2: always thought in this story that it was about anxiety and also denial because they had already experienced God and, and heard God, and you know, and so uh, in their moment of being unsure, they try to create a God. But what do they try to create? It's a calf. You know, I mean, they're known for being smart and powerful you know? <laughs> I mean, cats get slaughtered I mean, it's, it's sort of like, let's pick something that's really...
0: but think about it, we like to pick things that we're in control of yeah. in those moments of when we feel out of control we pick things it doesn't, para- it doesn't para- it doesn't para- we pick a domesticated animal we pick the most we pick the safest gods in a sense that can make us feel safe think about it, we pick the things it sounds ludicrous but then again that's how we roll. That's how we well, wrap. The, the, oh, yeah. that's, no, but that's how...
2: <laughs> what you're you saying, it's, it's, this is Judaism 101, it's also the first opportunity for them to learn when Moses doesn't come down that Jewish stuff doesn't start on time. Right. I, I, on.
0: I always say this, right. <laughs> From then on, we know not to expect anybody on time. Because if you hold someone to that, the next thing you know, we're dancing out the golden calf. Now, yeah.
1: I'm curious. We've talked a lot about how the women didn't up there, jewelry, yeah, not, but it does. I do not see anywhere where it actually
0: says that. Oh, we—it yeah, yeah, says it. it does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When
1: I read
3: it, but
0: they had altered your vote. Nah. It says, does it, it says yeah, it yeah. Say the women did it say, not. It says no, it doesn't say specifically the women did not, but it says that the men took off their their own jewelry and, and or their own gold and they gave it. The women weren't involved. It's not. Look, we we know the story. Yeah, we know it doesn't even I need to be written. We know the story. The women were not involved.
1: Wonder why they didn't
0: if it was such a big deal that the woman didn't why it wasn't it, it, it's 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 in there I, I'll sh- well, I can show it to you it's in there yeah. but, it, but again it's, all, it's always been the story it's, I mean this the written I mean we've been as a, see, no, I know we've the, talked though about how what the smosh includes There's
1: important and what it doesn't like specifically say that that's important
0: too right so kind of but word. it does it does it what says yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> or, The people, the the same people that were complaining, which were...
3: Oh,
0: here we go. Here we go. Moshe says to the people, take off... The earrings, the jewelry, from the ears of your wives. And then it says they took off their own jewelry. So that's what it was. That was that he said to go to, to the women. In other words, go ask your wives what you should do. Okay, so Hoping that they would, again, that would be another safety check to, to get them to stop. But I don't want to get stuck cause I want because I, I, I want to go further. Okay, now. So, what we have here is that the that, that feminine energy, the feminine soul, has that openness. Right has that energy, that openness, that malchot energy that is receptive to higher and lower, just receptive to the truth that's there. And, and in our context, receptive to the fact that God is right here and we don't, God is not not here, God is right here. So what we say here now, in this final, final few paragraphs, is the connection between women and the moon and women and Rosh Godesh. The moon has a specific cycle. The, moon, the, the lunar cycle is 29 and a half days. I, 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 I got to jet. I got to not The lunar cycle is 29 and a half days. The lunar cycle, we know that the, moon, that the way it works in the Jewish calendar, the moon at Rosh Chodesh, the first of the month, is at its smallest point. It is right as the moon begins to grow. At the 15th, the 14th, 15th day of the month, is when there's a full moon, this in the Jewish month, is when it's a full moon. So, right, we have this, right, it's small, it gets bigger, bigger, bigger. It waxes, I guess. And then it wanes. I can't really do this. But it wanes, right, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until the end of the month. 29 and a half days. That's the cycle. The way Kabbalah explains the cycle is as follows. That what does it mean that the moon is getting bigger until the 15th? The 15th is the moment that it has reached its completion. But what is, here's the paradox. It's not a paradox, but... What is the completion of the moon? When you say that the moon has reached its fullness, what does that mean? That it's the fullest? What does that mean? It's not there. the it's the, the not flat. The, the no, 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 not flat. It's full. The vessel is fully formed. In other words, the vessel is there. It's 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 at its time of most receptive. It's most receptive. So you we think. What does it mean that it's full? What does it mean that it's at the greatest point? I mean, it's the most of self, but not if you're malchut. Not if you right. Not if you're all about receptivity, then its fullest point is the most receptive. Which is why. Wait, 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 before we connect it in a second, but the, which is why mm-hmm. with the moon, the, what happens in the fifteenth, it's the brightest. What is its brightness? Mm-hmm. The reflection of the sun. Right. In other words, it's the moment when it's fully receptive to the light that's not its own. <laughs> when is it a full, fully formed vessel? That can receive the entire, the entire influence, light, energy, vitality of the sun. In other words, the fact that it's, we don't, we're not seeing the moon. Understand this. When do we see the moon? When do we see the moon itself? When it's dark. When we see the light of the moon, we're not seeing the moon. We're seeing the moon as malchut, the moon as a recipient, as the vessel that is perfectly taking in and representing that which is around it, the light that's around it. That happens on the 15th when it's a fully formed vessel. Until then, it's building up to that place of, of complete uh, vessel vesselhood. And after that, what happens after that? Oh, what happens after that? After that, it... After that, it, why does it get smaller? Because it's exerting more self, or it's. All right.
1: It's open. Huh?
0: Yeah. It's not as open to the. It's not as. Not, no, it can't, can't be that it's that it's losing its thing. It has to be that it is. I had this. More of it huh? it's, receding. Of the it's a receding, but why is it receding now? Because you're seeing more of it and less of and the sun. But why, why are we it's receiving light. to receive more? Light? Yeah, it's cut.
1: Because it's gained so much that.
0: Introspection. Um, introspection okay we have I've, I had clarity last night and this morning on this but I, it, just, it just slipped my mind it, it may come back and if not it's not it's also good here's the point I want to bring out the connection between the lunar cycle and the feminine cycle so the pair, we're, what we're going to do we're just going to go through this very quickly quick idea the middle of the the middle of this experience is the point of greatest receptivity in other words the greatest openness, right, to the to the to, to to creating life, happens in the middle in the middle of this uh, of this of this time experience. The beginning of this is a process, in a sense, of letting go of what was the previous month. What was the previous month's experience? So here's the idea: part of being a part of being a vessel that can receive is building up the vessel, but it's also letting go of past perception, past, uh, concept, past ideas. You know, the, the hardest, hardest part of being receptive to God is turning off everything else. That's the hardest part. Turning off, getting rid of, emptying out out everything else that you know that you that's that's true to you, that's real to you, etc. Emptying out all of the other reality to be open and receptive. That's the beginning. It's reflected in halacha, the idea that uh, in Jewish law, the laws of family purity, that it's only after that experience of uh, of in a sense of, of 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 allowing the past to, to be shedding the past, and then the idea of there being a seven-day uh, uh, time segment in which there still needs to be a building up of self as a vessel, in other words, to kind of get cleansed from that experience, that and only then afterwards is, and the way it's reflected in Jewish law, is the, is the, is the ability to receive there which also tells us something profound in general about the idea of, of the Torah Jewish definition of purity and impurity. You know, we say that the uh, laws of family purity, so there's this period of this time of impurity. Impurity is not a negative thing. Impurity means a consciousness of life itself. Sanctity of life. Purity and impurity is defined by life and lack of life. When there's life, there's purity. When there's a lack of life, there's an element of impurity. Impurity is not... A bad thing. It's a it's a it's a profound awareness of life, of life and of life lost, or potential for life lost. So when there's a potential of life lost, then there's there's in a sense a mourning period, a shiva that happens, seven day, and it's not. And Jewish law says it's not appropriate. It's not. We're not ready yet to have to be in a state of 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 receiving if we're still working through. Getting rid of what has to be gotten rid of beforehand. So this this is how some of the some halacha ties in with uh, the Jewish law ties in with the Kabbalah and the philosophy and everything ties together. We can't I don't really have a lot of time to develop but This is one point that I want to mention. With this, with all of this in mind, we see a profound connection between feminine energy and the moon. Just as the moon has the cycle of waxing and waning. Where it gets bigger, and then at its culmination, it's perfectly able to receive, and then it gets smaller. In a sense, right? It gets smaller. Oh, I think the idea is Oh, this is what I was thinking before. The, the moon getting smaller is the is is in a sense the moon closing in on the energy that it receives, right? It's the embrace of the of the light that it receives. The it it, it the, the experience is becoming a vessel, right? So it's all about emptying out and really getting, getting open to receive. And at its, at its pinnacle, right, at, at the fifth, middle of the month, so it's at that point that the moon is the most receptive to the light of the sun. And it receives that, that in a sense, that transmission of light from the sun in its fullest measure. So it's, all you see is sun. You see the reflection, but you see the sun. You see the moon as a vessel speaking something higher than it is, speaking something other than itself. Speaking of uh, uh, light, then the role of malchut, the role of of the moon, is to then take in, to integrate what it what it has received, and then to work on on producing. Right? We said malchut has two functions: receiving from za, and then creating something, then giving birth to something else. So then it's about integrating what it has received, and then whatever do, doing something with that energy. So that's a little bit about embracing it so you see less of the sun because it's processing now the light. Anyway, so here's the point. The point is that there's a very specific connection between feminine energy and Malchut and the moon and therefore Rosh Chodesh. So with this in mind, let's conclude our, uh, the text of feminine faith. 54. You ready? Take it away, yeah, women?
5: Sure. Women are rooted specifically in Malchut and thus are similar to the moon, which waxes and wanes every month like their feminine cycle. As every 30 days they become impure and are then sanctified. And again, the idea of
0: becoming impure is the idea of letting go of a previous life reality, letting go of a previous state of being, and then becoming a vessel, becoming open to something greater. Continue.
5: Consequently, they did not accede to the mixed multitude regarding the calf, unlike the men who are from the masculine plane and so did not reject the mixed multitude. And again, the
0: mixed multitude is saying that the initial idea for the golden calf came from what are referred to as the mixed multitude, the Arab of those that had joined the Jewish people on the way out of the Exodus. The point is, though, that the men followed that. The men also panicked. The men said, "Uh uh-oh, where's God? God, I don't see God here. God's not here. Because they didn't have the receptivity. They didn't have that openness to the experience. Whereas the women who are representing, again, this is a somewhat symbolic, but also what happened in the story. The women who are rooted, they come from Malchot, they're related to the moon, connected to the moon and the cycle, etc. So they, they rejected the notion that God is not here. They rejected the notion that we have to create a new God. They said, no, we're, we see God right here. Continue, final paragraph.
5: For this reason, the holiday of Rosh Kodesh, which is the holiday of the moon and time of its ascent who's given more to women than to men.
0: What, and what is the holiday of Rosh Chodesh? Rosh Chodesh is the first of the month, the first of the lunar month, which means it's a time when the moon begins its process of of, of, of honing its vessel, right? of, of becoming open, of, of, in a sense, get, shed, getting rid of any previous attachments to, to to what it knows and becoming truly open to receiving uh, to receiving from from God, so that's why Rosh Chodesh, which is connected to the moon, in the beginning of this 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 time, this experience of of becoming a vessel, becoming receptive, that's why it's a, it's a holiday for women that are all about receptivity. Yeah. Was
1: it says given more to women than to men? Was it given at
0: all? Yeah, it's it's a special. It's a special day. Everyone recites special prayers and hallelujah etc. But women have a custom not to work on the day. It's like a holiday. Continue. at least, Or to at least minimize in work. To take one thing that you usually do and not do it.
5: And although women are generally exempt from all time-bound positive commands, the observance of Rosh Hashanah does not fall into this category, since their souls, like the moon, are rooted in the
0: he says, and This is the question that we raise all the way at the beginning of the text, which is that typically women, they, not that they can't, but they're exempt from time-bound positive commandments. They don't have to do a mitzvah but when it comes to rosh chodesh which is a time bound positive commandment it's rosh chodesh is a you got to observe rosh chodesh and it's only a certain it's only that day or those two days etc nonetheless because women this, so the feminine soul is so connected with the concept of rosh chodesh with the moon with malchut and that experience of receptivity so therefore women were given this mitzvah Above and beyond, uh, above and beyond men, and that's the way it, it exists. So and that's the way that uh, that Jewish law again reflects the the, the soul, that the body of Jewish law reflects the soul of uh, of Jewish teaching, the Kabbalah. And so here we have the conclusion of feminine faith. And so, what what are some of the takeaways? So there are a lot of takeaways. There are a lot of takeaways. One major one is. I think this idea of being receptive. I think that we can conclude with this idea of being receptive. All of us, men, women, it doesn't make a difference. All of us can be inspired by this message and recognize that when we are receptive and receptive to the truth of God around us, then, well, number one, how to, as Maimonides says, the value of truth is that it's true. You don't need... You know what's cool about truth is because it also comes with candy. I mean, you don't need anything else, right? The value of truth is because you plugged into something true. So number one, when we're receptive, when we can plug into the truth of Hashem around us, well, that's great. <laughs> you plug into the truth. That's a good thing right there. Number two, when we're plugged into truth, it can help us avoid creating those golden calves, creating those gods, creating those those crutches, creating those false hopes that sometimes we put so much stock into that, uh, that that don't help us; that only take us down. And so, I think you know, a, uh, a, a positive resolution is to create space in our lives for this idea, and think about how is it to kind of channel this idea of of the moon, of of you know becoming a vessel, you know, kind of emptying out. Some of my previous uh, notions and 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 you know things that I'm stuck in dispositions and preconceptions and, and really embrace the truth of Hashem around me and I think for for each of us it may be in a different way for some maybe adding either davening or praying in the morning um, or adding to that experience or doing a mitzvah for somebody else but it's really about getting getting outside of, of ourselves there's if we want to empty, if we want to have a, a vessel that can receive what are we pouring out how are we creating that space what and space requires space it requires it, it requires time and space brain space time in the day we have to set aside time we't so have to don 't do anything but to, to do this it requires setting like, really blocking off time what, whenever that is five minutes, one minute, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes a half an hour. Block up. This time is going to be utilized for me to become more receptive, to become more conscious of the truth that's around me. To, Hashem, to my purpose, to, to my calling, right? To what I'm here for, not to who I am as defined by myself. This is this is a very powerful idea, and I think each of us can embrace this concept. I don't want to get too specific. You know, if you want a specific, you know, we can talk one on one and have specific suggestions, you know, to put out there. But the general notion. Of being open and receptive, I think that this is, this is what we're talking about here: feminine faith, and it can help avoid a golden calf, which is a good thing, because who wants, who wants to give away all that gold anyway? All
2: your earrings.
0: It's like, come on now. If we were, I, I don't think so.
1: If there was interest in having a rosh group, could we use yes, calf?
0: of course, yeah. Maybe
1: uh, or, or whoever's interested, I'll pass around this paper.
0: Let's do that. Let's start that. Um, let's get that going. I, I know that there is... Um, yeah, I think it would be a very worthwhile endeavor. Not endeavor. Endeavor sounds like... I, th- I think it's a very important thing. It's a very important thing. And, and, and this would be for women only. And uh, guys, I don't know. Be cigars and scotch or something? My place? My place, my backyard. We'll be like, well, guys aren't... Well, we're okay, also. All right, anyway, so that's that's a little bit of that idea. Look, I, I, what I would what I would recommend is <sighs> prayer is a big thing. Prayer is a big thing. Prayer is a great way to create space. And if you're uncomfortable with prayer, right? If like you pray and it doesn't say anything, like it doesn't speak to you, that's a good sign. That's a very good sign. That you got you got to work on that. You got to create this space. No one wants to be vulnerable. Right, no one wants to step out into that space, you know, to step off the ledge without knowing that they have a nice, comfortable, you know, uh, net, pray, hammock, net, whatever it is. Right, prayer is really about, being, about being vulnerable. So if it's uncomfortable, it's exactly the point. If you're not feeling it, perfect you got to step out. you got to step out and be vulnerable. Um, anyway, good. We're going to continue the conversation a little bit in our Kabbalah um, and Coffee, uh, we calling it the expansion committee. It's not really about expansion. It's really more about deepening. Outreach and inreach. Out, Yeah. Kabbalah and Coffee energy meeting. It's the Red Bull of Kabbalah and Coffee.
1: Staying for the meeting, but if you're not on the uh Kabal email list and want to get these emails, please
0: um, actually, you can just put your email on, on there if you would. If you're not. Good, so we're gonna so that's the Rosh Chodesh
1: list, but it can, it'll also be if, if somebody's not interested in being Rosh Chodesh, but I don't have your email just somewhere on there.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, so just let us know so that it's clear to you know right. We're receptive to whatever you want, but just let us know. Um, good stuff. All right, thank you all for joining us for Feminine Faith. I will say this, all of the audio for this, for this series is well, I can't say all the audio because last, this class is not up and I'm not sure about last week. Um, but it's typically up on minus.com/rabari so you can always take a look and check out the back, back issues. Um, that's number one. Number two is like this. Number two. I'll rub that stain. Now, number two is like this. I have for next week, we're going to start a new text. These are my options. I'm going to make a decision in the next uh, day or so. One is called The Power of Return. One is called Full Devotion. Both classics. We're not meeting next week. That's actually a good call. Right, we're not meeting next week. Perfect. Oh, I have some more time.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll let you know next week. No, I'll try to, I'll, I'll aim to get the uh, the information this week so that we can get orders in for books. And if you want a book, should we take orders now for books? Should we do by email? Is everybody getting the email? Everyone's on board with the emails? Possibly? Anybody block me? Cause it's okay, huh? I
1: forgot to include you on it this last week.
0: I got it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, but I
1: guess you were all like, <laughs> I always have to add your name. We you need to add your I, name to the book.
0: Kind of, right. It's kind of ironic. My, my bubby used to say, the shoemakers kids go barefoot. Right. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so what's the point? The point is, ah, oh, so we're going to be ordering books. So typically the books run about between 10 and $15 for a book. I, w- I highly recommend always getting the book because a book is forever. A book is good. It's good to get the book. also says paper and make photocopy.
1: Get a book. How Do you, you get up to it? A-
0: Pa- you you like Power of Return? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you get it
1: through Amazon, yeah.
0: or do you get it? Directly I get. I, sometimes I get it directly from the from the manufa- from the publisher because it's, it's cheaper. But we might be able to get it through Judaica Corner locally. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna explore the options, see what's in stock, etc.
1: Amazon, I can get free shipping right now. So um, we should support Judaica. GTA-
0: we should try to support local, and then and right. Okay. So we're. I'm, I'm gonna make a decision. We'll send out the email. But just let me know because I want to do this. I would like to either. However we do it, it would be good to have it in one order so that it's just. <laughs> Benefits everybody.